It is your Thursday daily delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Happy to be back for another day on this show. Really looking forward to uh, to today. Got some got some thoughts on some more uh, grounded, more current event type sports here in a little while. Twins lost to the Tigers. Um, NFL Vikings are playing tonight. Their first preseason game. Anthony Edwards got fined. You know, there's there's a few things that we got to get to, but I'm going to start the show with the interview segment today because I had my good friend Chicken Fingers 69 stop by yesterday um, to talk about my 2014. Um, it really probably started in 2013 obsession with the Vikings drafting Johnny Manziel, and it was probably one of the worst sports ideas I ever had. As Chicken Fingers and I will get into, it was it was a really fun segment. And you know it's it's August. Nothing's really cracking too big yet in the uh, in the world of sports. So let's let's start there and uh, and 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 continue the show from that point forward. Always a treat to be joined on Daily Delivery by my good friend Chicken Fingers sixty nine of X. Um, we don't call it Twitter anymore. We call it X. Um, Elon has decided it needs to be rebranded to X for some unknown reason. Also of the sportive podcast longtime friend of the Randball blog as well how are you doing sir i am terrific how are you i'm good except i feel like i'm kind of walking into a hornet's nest kind of stepping into something of my own making because i <clears throat> so i i got in touch with you earlier this week and i said hey how would you like to come on to the podcast and essentially yell at me for how like one of for one of the worst sports opinions and this was like a month-long obsession i had one of the worst sports opinions I ever had, which was that the Vikings absolutely positively needed to draft Johnny Manziel in the 2014 NFL draft. It looked like the stars were lining up, definitely needed a quarterback. You know, the Brett Favre era was over. The Christian Ponder experiment was definitely coming to a uh, an unsavory conclusion. It, it seemed like it seemed like they were definitely going to draft a quarterback. They had a pretty high draft pick. I think they were ninth that year, something like that. I was like, Johnny Manziel, this is your guy. No brainer. Go get him. And you were like, Rand, you're crazy. This is a terrible idea. Um, and you know, I wouldn't, I'm not, I, I'm no longer clinging to the opinion that the jury is still out. The jury has been <laughs> signed, sealed and delivered. There's a documentary about Johnny Manziel out this week. Uh, chicken fingers on Netflix. I have, um, I'm in the process of watching it, so hopefully I'll talk about that more on this show or a show later this week. But um, how wrong was I? And, and were you ever had had you ever been so angry at, at my takes as I was back then? Uh, you are you were more wrong about that than you've been wrong about anything in your life, which is remarkable. I mean, that's a it's a long and distinguished list, and this is number one. Um, worse than the black eyed peas in your estimation, <laughs> worse than your opinion that the black eyed peas Super Bowl halftime performance was transcendent. I, I didn't, believe. I don't think I, I called word, it. I, I think the word you use was transcendent. I don't think I, I would have said that. that. No, okay, you didn't. That's fine. I, I think fine. I just, I liked uh, it though. And I was in the minority of that. Okay, go on. Um, what I did, so, uh, what I did was in preparation for this, I, I, uh, in, I'm not calling it X in Twitter. Yeah. I searched. Randball, Manziel. Actually, <laughs> oh, no. I, Randball. I was going to do that, and I didn't because I'm I was worried about it. But I'm glad you did. What What did I do? I first searched Randball Johnny football. You didn't use that term very often. It didn't hit get a lot of hits, but okay. Manziel uh, turned up a remarkable amount of hits. Oh, more boy. than I can really sift through 
Oh boy. But okay. to watch the evolution of your yeah. opinion, so I, I did the like, search. Did you hit like rate limit exceeded? Did you? Hit, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a phone call was made to Elon. Like, <laughs> hey, we got to turn on the backup generators. <laughs> um, it, I, in, in the search, I went back to the very first one in like 13 when you, yeah. when you were just, your love affair was in its infancy. Yeah. And right up until like yesterday, when you, when you said yeah. you were going to talk about Fair this enough. Okay, the yeah. evolution of your opinion on Johnny Manziel was remarkable. It was <laughs> okay. hilarious to watch. Okay. Was, please, please re-educate me. Budding love. Uh, just to, to paraphrase, I guess, because yeah. there's so many, it was essentially yeah. started with budding love. Yeah. This guy's insane. Good. The Vikings have to get him. Okay. One of my favorites, I think, in the timeline was uh, Johnny Manziel will have to do something remarkably stupid for him to fall to the Vikings at nine. Oh, man. Um, yeah. That was, a, and you didn't just tweet that. You did like an entire post on that. Like he wrote an entire blog article. Sounds like on, something I would have done. Yeah. Um, and then the Vikings, so the Vikings had those two draft picks. They, uh, or excuse me, they had the one draft pick, nine, they did not take them. You were disappointed. Right. Um, within all of this is my banter back and forth to you about how incredibly wrong and crazy and drunk and high you were. Um, all of which did, is legal now. Uh, it's yet yeah, statute of limitations is out, is over. Um, you, so they didn't take him. It was a big, you were saying it's going to be a bit giant mistake. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this all sounds very, very familiar. Yeah, this is not; these are not exaggerations. I was full on the train, and we'll get we'll get to a little bit more of that in a second. The dumb thing is, this was not this was not an infatuation that was based on some sort of intense like film study. This was like a very surface, yeah, appreciation of. I think I fell in love with the idea of Johnny Manziel more than just Johnny Manziel himself. This guy who was. A gunslinger who you know extended plays with his feet, um, and I still want a quarterback like that on the Vikings. I do too. Um, it it just uh, as it turned out, that was not the guy. It was teenage love, and you didn't know what love was. No, you, you were in love with the idea of love, and uh, the the odd part was I was in love with Ted Bridgewater as much as you were in love with John Football, and. And kind of out of character because I, you know, my takes tend to be a little bit more reasonable, a little bit more measured. Mm-hmm. I might prefer the safer bet, and you kind of like like the out, like the outlandish yes. things sometimes, uh, chicken fingers. And these these two quarterbacks could not have been on the on the further opposite side of the sure. spectrum because Teddy, for you know, I think you know whatever his career ended up being, and obviously the knee injury was a huge part of it. But even at his best, he was more of a stable, you know. Yeah, really good game manager type of quarterback. I think at least that was what his trajectory was looking to be, and that was the guy you wanted. <laughs> yeah, and I think he could have been more. And obviously, the injuries derailed it. Yes. But yeah, you're right. It was a dichotomy to, and a d- divergent from typically where we're at. That's true. And so the Vikings ended up trading back into the first round in 2014. Manziel was already gone by then. He was picked 22nd overall by Cleveland, and we'll get to his. Career numbers here in a minute. Um, <clears throat> not great, but uh, they do end up taking Teddy 32nd overall. Uh, Rick Spielman jonesing for another shot at a quarterback, loving the fifth-year option. He was a big fifth-year option guy at that mm-hmm. point, loved his first-round picks for that fifth-year option and the 
the ability to have another kind of cost controlled year of a of a player, specifically a quarterback. Um, and then pretty much immediately the red flags start coming out for uh, yeah. for Johnny Menzel. And, you know, as we learn in the documentary, I've just, you know, briefly watching it and hearing about it, you know, obviously a lot of mental health issues associated with that. So we don't want to make light of that, obviously, in retrospect. But this was someone who had a lot of trouble at that point, And it basically derailed his entire career. That's right. And I, I don't sleep. I did watch the the documentary as as homework for this appearance. I watched it about, I don't know, like 3 a.m. this morning. So, yeah, it was uh, interesting knowing that we would have to speak about this and, and getting that perspective of, you know, it's it's only what an hour and a half or something like yeah. that. So it obviously doesn't dive deep, but it does touch on that kind of fall from grace. It's It, it certainly is. I won't give away anything, but it certainly is interesting. Let's reimagine what if... Rick Spielman had been like, yeah, this this Rambo guy is right. Like, I, I we got to have ourselves a little Johnny Menzel, and you know, imagine like he's sitting there at number nine in 2014. He gets to trade down, accumulate more picks, and can still take Johnny Menzel in like the teens or twenty before Cleveland gets him at twenty two. Imagine if Johnny Menzel had come to the Vikings. How how does what what are the how do this how does that change the trajectory then of the next nine years of their of their history? Because you know obviously Teddy does a pretty good job quarterbacking them in 2015. They make the playoffs, but then of course the knee injury for Teddy, the Sam Bradford experiment, the Case Keenum year, and then Kirk Cousins. Like I think their quarterback trajectory probably changes a fair amount if Johnny Manziel is their pick in 2014. Absolutely, and I think one. One uh, st- and I know you said he didn't finish it, so you didn't see this part at the very end. What he, what Johnny Manziel talks about is, he said specifically, it would not have mattered which franchise he went to; he yeah. would have collapsed regardless. Um, so his point was, he went from um, Texas A and M, where he kind of revamped this program and built it into something that it it hadn't been for years. Um, and then went to Cleveland where he just lived in another fishbowl. So he went from one fishbowl to another and was looked at as a savior. Uh, well, Cleveland and, and, and the Vikings in that sense are not a lot different. Sure. He would have been viewed as a, as a savior here in Minnesota, just like he was in Cleveland and he would have collapsed just as much. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't have gone better. That's, that's for certain. Um, I think there's a camp out there that would say it, <laughs> You could make an argument that maybe the Vikings would have been better off collapsing and hitting essentially rock bottom. Maybe he would have caused them to really bottom out, um, which may have long-term value rather than being stuck in that kind of um, purgatory of mediocrity, that, that kind of five-win to to 11-win right. cycle where they're never at the bottom to reload. They're, they're in this continuous um, what do they call it? Competitive rebuild. Competitive rebuild. Yeah, we're going to have been an, a, a perpetual competitive rebuild. They've never been in a full rebuild, and it, no, that I can, it's been. I mean, it has been in my lifetime, but I was like eight. I mean, I was right. less stuckle kind of eighties. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say since the since the since the Randy Moss early years. I don't think they've consistently been for more than one season, one of the top five teams in the NFL. I think they were from like 
98 to 2000, I think you could make a case that they were yeah. one of the five best franchises. They made two NFC title games. They made the playoffs the, the other year, things like that. Um, but and then they've kind of had these one-offs since then, with you know the Brett Favre year, mm-hmm. the kind of Case Keenum miracle year where he had had his career year. But yeah, ever since then, they haven't really bottomed out to become kind of give themselves that window where they were one of the best. I think you can make the case that there've been a lot of times where they were the one of the twelve or thirteen best in the NFL. But that's uh, that's much different than being in the top five now. To your point about bottoming out, I did do a little bit of draft research, and I don't know how much it really would have helped them to bottom out. Because if you look at it, like say say they had drafted Manziel, things had gone poorly enough that by 2016, they're looking for another quarterback in the draft, and they have a high enough pick that they're able to to get to the top of that draft. Number one overall pick that year was Jared Goff of mm-hmm. uh, to the Rams. Number two overall that year was Carson Wentz to the Eagles. Can you imagine the clamoring for Carson Wentz, by the way, if he, uh, oh. if, if they had been in a position to draft Carson Wentz um, the very next year, say it's 2017 and that's the year they're going to take a swing at a quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, number two overall, <clears throat> um, Patrick Mahomes, number 10 overall that year, that would have, that would have worked out. Okay. But they would have had to have a certain amount of foresight to it, to pick him. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it would have, I don't know if they would have gotten their quarterback of the future. They might have just fallen into another cycle of, hey, this is our guy, and then it wasn't their guy. Who knows? It's fun to speculate. It is fun to speculate about uh, about all of that. Now, I, I, let's let's finish with this idea because, like I said, what what I was seduced by, I think, um, and saying seduced by kind of takes the onus off of me. So I like that phrasing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It uh, what I was what I was. What I really enjoyed is is kind of like I said the the ability to extend plays. This guy, I kind of got a kind of quarterback who can kind of win win those weird kind of third downs when nothing is happening, like make something happen with his feet, which is something Kirk Cousins just simply is not and and has not been. I think we can all agree that Kirk Cousins has definite strengths and and has been a a productive quarterback here for five years. But as I've kind of thought about the moving on process from Kirk Cousins and whether they're going to draft a quarterback in 2024, you know, 10 years after Johnny Manziel, I would want kind of that prototype, maybe a little bit bigger, maybe someone who, you know, has kind of more of that kind of stability in his life and isn't, you know, isn't going to develop into a Netflix documentary 10 years later. But that idea still, that's that idea still persists in my head. And I just hope I don't fall into the same trap. I hope I don't fall. I don't get ensnared in the same cycle of uh, of pain. I hope you don't either. I, I always just hope for your happiness. That's that's all <laughs> I've ever wanted. Um, I think with the Vikings going through this competitive rebuild, it will be extremely difficult to find that person when they're going to continue to draft somewhere between ten to twenty five. Um, and it's just very difficult to not draft in the top ten and find that find that franchise quarterback. Um, that, uh, but I do hope. I hope that for you. I hope for your happiness. I also hope for an apology. In in searching through these, this uh, timeline of of Randball Manziel search, uh, the search I did in Twitter, I've requested an apology thousands of times from you. Received zero apologies for you yelling at me about about being wrong about uh, John, Johnny Manziel. Is today is is right now 
the moment that I, I will receive that apology. I, you know what? Yes, let's let's have the apology right here. It, can I can I issue a, a caveat? And this is not a this is not mm-hmm. a uh, this is not a uh, like a contingency. This or a uh, this is not tied to the apology. But I'm apologizing right now. Can you, um, as a favor in return, not like periodically like pull up one of those tweets from 2014 and reply to me um, about the Johnny Manziel uh, fiasco of of my past? I just texted my attorney and we can't, we can't move forward with those with, with that, with that offer. You can or can't, um, I didn't know how to cannot, do that. No, you cannot. that's most yep. contingencies okay. are, okay. Um, no, it's either a firm apology, no contingencies or, or nothing. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, and I said, I did not frame this as a contingency. I was un, undoubtedly wrong about, about Johnny Manziel. You were undoubtedly right about, um, Johnny Manziel and and how this played out. Teddy Bridgewater was a much better option, even if unfortunately we will never quite know. This is kind of one of the the great what ifs of Vikings history. We will never quite know what would have been if he had stayed healthy and uh, had a chance to fulfill his uh his his you know his healthy career arc. But yeah, I think this one settled. Uh, Chicken Finger sixty nine. I think you were correct on this one, so I am sorry. Um, I'm, I'm just reading through some of these old tweets right now and it's not, uh, it's not good. I don't, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like any of, I don't like any of this. My only hope now, uh, which I don't really hope for is that X is just, you know, become such an utter failure that the servers crash and nobody can ever find these, uh, these tweets again. Well, that you're a big person for doing that. Uh, you're the best. I, I certainly appreciate that, Michael. That's all I've <laughs> ever wanted is your happiness and an apology. Well, you have those two things right now. I appreciate you coming on as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Now, Chicken Fingers was really too kind to not to not read the uh, the tweets themselves, but I actually found a post I did in 2020 that was kind of along this line of, you know, apologizing or you know taking the taking the fall for for the really bad Johnny Manziel opinion and other bad opinions I've had before. This was from July 16th, 2020, and I vaguely remember writing this it was only three years ago but this was you have to remember this was like peak pandemic four months into it we were desperate for content and uh so this was something i had conjured up kind of out of thin air i think after after twitter had been hacked and i was pretending that i'd been hacked all these years i tweeted that if you don't think johnny menzel this is december 31st 2013 if you don't think johnny menzel will be a great nfl qb you are crazy and I will probably fight you in like five hours. I don't fight anybody. What, what was I talking about? I did a whole post on Bridgewater versus Manziel, and you know, being upset they didn't take uh, that they didn't take Johnny Manziel in the draft. I was I was all in, and like I like I told Chicken Finger sixty nine, it was not because I had done any of like laborious like um, film study or anything like that. I was just in love with an idea, an idea that I think was. Was definitely wrong, but uh, but but in my defense, I, I guess I was just I, I wanted it to be true. I wanted there to be this uh, this fun new quarterback for the Vikings, and, and it, <clears throat> it let logic get in the way of my thinking. Now, it wasn't the only time that that has happened. I have been wrong a few times, probably more than a few times in uh, in my in my uh, Star Tribune history. You know, you've been someplace, written about sports, talked about sports for more than two decades. That is bound to happen. But in this blog post, I also pointed out. Um, July 17th, 2014, this must have been a particularly vulnerable time. I guess in my defense, thinking about this too, um, the Johnny Manziel draft 
And um, this this tweet, Andrew Wiggins is already better than Clay Thompson. Discuss. Andrew Wiggins had not played an NBA game yet. Clay Thompson was a very good player already. He was not yet. Uh, I don't think he was yet an NBA champion. But uh, that was a bad bad take. In my defense, thinking about the timeline of this, I was a very new father at the time, probably sleep deprived. My daughter, first daughter, was born just a few months prior to that, probably right before. That uh, 2014 Johnny Manziel uh, NFL draft. So that is my uh, that is my defense in all this. I was probably sleep deprived. Um, I had advocated for Adrian Peterson to get traded in 2015. He, of course, was very good for the Vikings. They made the playoffs that year. Uh, I advocated for Tavares Jackson in 2008 that the, the Vikings would beat the Eagles in the playoffs uh, because Tavares Jackson would lead them to victory. That did not go well. That resulted in me having to wear a pair of short shorts. Uh, to 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 a bowling uh, bowling game with a bunch of friends that that was fun and I've a few times over the years maybe uh, gotten a little too excited about a Timberwolves uh, winning streak thinking that maybe this was finally the time that they had turned the corner now this was before you know this these, this was back in kind of some of the darker days though you know twenty you know two thousand eight through two thousand you know eighteen to probably two thousand sixteen span. Um, they're, they're, they're clearly better than that now. They've made the playoffs the last two years, even if they've fizzled out right when they got there and didn't make it past the first round. Um, but yeah, I I may have been prone to that. So I've, I've had some bad sports takes in my career. I don't think I've had one that missed the mark, though, as badly as Johnny Manziel. And uh, like Chicken Figures and I talked about, it's a it was it was a bad miss. He was kind not to not to, to not, not to dig up the tweets, but uh, I did I did have to point those out. And like I told him, I do apologize for being wrong all those years. He was right, I was wrong, and that's an easy one right now. MGM Wine and Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, premixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to MGMWineAndSpirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine and Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. Like I said, this is kind of an upside-down show, so let's get to some of the actual current event type stuff in the last uh, handful of minutes here. Twins lose to the Tigers 9-5, to um, 17 hits given up by Bailey Ober and Jordan Balazovic. Not a great pitching effort that's going to happen. Didn't lose any ground in the division. Uh, Cleveland lost to Toronto, so still four and a half up. Offense was okay. Um, had a chance actually in the ninth to, to maybe tie the game. Carlos Correa struck out with the bases loaded. He was the tying run. At the plate, going to try not to overreact to this one game or these last two where they've lost to Detroit. That happens during a baseball season. Even the very best teams are going to lose two or three in a row sometimes. I want to see what they do on Thursday, today, and see if they can get a split in this series, feel better about themselves, right this ship. You don't want a two-game losing streak to become a five-game losing streak because that's when all of a sudden your division lead shrinks. You start to kind of feel the pressure a little bit more. So, talk more about the Twins, I believe, too, on Friday's show. Expected to be joined by Nick Nelson from Twins Daily. Want to get a different perspective on this season and uh, everything that's been going on with the Twins. So, Nick is expected to join me on Friday's show. Let's talk a little bit of NFL as well. Vikings play their first preseason game out in Seattle. That is tonight. 
And I think this is just a good a good uh, opportunity to see where some of these positional battles are at. You know, they've got, um, obviously, that we're looking at running back, we're looking at corner, we're looking at a lot of depth spots for, you know, for this team right now. And, you know, a lot of question marks in a lot of those areas right now. I think kicker is one of the more interesting ones, too. The Vikings still unsettled there. The Vikings will bring two kickers into this game. Greg Joseph, the incumbent, who was pretty good last season, especially in clutch situations, but did miss seven field goals and six extra points last season. Um, Jack Podlesny from Georgia um, had a good college career, but reading the StarTribune.com story, only made 54% of his kicks from 40 yards or more. Um, when he was at Georgia's. That, to me, is kind of a red flag. I don't know if this is a real competition or one just designed to give, give Greg Joseph just a little bit more competition right now, make sure he is the guy. Be watching that. Definitely want to watch Jaron Jaron uh, Hall at quarterback, too. You know, no, no starters in this game, so Hall should get a lot of run in this game um, next to uh, next to Nick Mullins. Um, but, yeah, Hall is Hall is interesting. You know, I don't, I don't know exactly what to expect from from him but uh, you know it's it's something where you kind of get excited it's it's a it's a rookie quarterback a young quarterback I, I don't know you know I don't know how much to make of one preseason game but if he shows out pretty well in this game you might be able to say okay maybe they got something here maybe they've got some possibilities for the future it's a late game, by the way, 9 p.m. Um, these preseason games, you usually don't have to watch too much of them anyway, so maybe catch a little bit of it, see what you need to see, and then head to bed and find out all about the rest of what happened on uh, on Friday's Daily Delivery. Always a good plan if you want to catch up on your sleep. Now, a couple other things in the NFL caught my eye. Aaron Rodgers sounds like he's not happy with the way practice went. They've had, they have a, The Jets are having a joint practice with Carolina, and... They were trying. I guess they were doing a two-minute drill. They went three and out. Aaron Rodgers not happy. Quote from Aaron Rodgers, reading from the ESPN.com story. I thought we maybe didn't have the same type of energy as Carolina for whatever reason at the start of practice. But I thought there were some good things. A lot of learning tape out there. I thought it was good to be out there against a different defense. I thought we handled the front pretty well in the run game. Pass game, there were some issues. Dun 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 dun. Aaron Rodgers not happy. Um, later on, I want to read this. He said, um, what else did he say? He said, I feel like the interior has been a bright spot talking about the offensive line. Pretty consistent for us, both the first and second group. We just need a little bit more consistency on the edge. So it sounds like Aaron Rodgers already planting some seeds that they need some more offensive line stability. Aaron Rodgers, not really the play extender that he was once in his career. I mean, he still has some of that ability, but you know, he's not, uh, he's not 30 anymore. He's, he's more like, you know, he's more like 40 now. So not, not the scrambler he maybe once was and assuredly will be counting on the offensive line to make him look better this season. So watch that, you know, <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers, not, uh, not, uh, shy about expressing his opinion in the past in Green Bay. We'll see if that becomes a trend in New York or if this is just some early messaging from Aaron Rodgers. Um, Shad Breeland, that one caught my eye too. Former Vikings cornerback, definitely not uh, not having a great week. Uh, stolen car, stolen gun charges. I was reading this. Uh, he was arrested in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, traffic stop. Uh Played, uh, hadn't played in the NFL since 2021. He was with the Vikings that year. 
uh, pulled over driving a Mercedes-Benz, which was found to be reported stolen, multiple guns, including two AK-47s, two AR-15s, more than five pounds of marijuana, 62 grams of illegal mushrooms. Wow, Bashad Breeland, not a great, uh, not a great signing by the Vikings. Um, probably wouldn't have been the same problem as Johnny Manziel had they drafted Johnny Manziel. Um, they parted ways with him after just I think 13 games in 2021, uh, released in the middle of the season, even by a team that needed cornerback place. So you can tell how that was going on the field. Now not going so great off the field. Let's finish by the way with the cooler, Anthony Edwards. Speaking of uh, running into a little bit of trouble, not nearly as much trouble as Bashad Breeland, Anthony Edwards closed the book on that exit uh, against the Nuggets in the playoffs, fined $50,000 for recklessly swinging a chair that injured two people, apparently. Um, that was the uh, that was the the story at least. Um, all those you know criminal charges were dropped. Uh, I think last month, but uh, so that's that closes the book on Ant fifty thousand dollar fine <clears throat> from the NBA. He's going to make over two hundred million on his next contract, so I think that's going to be okay. So that's it for Edwards. That's it for uh, for for that case, and we can close the book on that one. Like I said, Nick Nelson expected to be on a Friday show to talk more Twins. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Until then, I'm Michael Rand. We'll see you then.